I'll just hit record. Oh, there we are. We are on the right page, I think. You know, I thought we were go, on the right Howie. page. Way to go, Howie. <laughs> See, I am a friend of yours, so I, I it was running for me yesterday. I, I, I checked it, and I saw it come through. But, you know, if you're not a friend, I mean, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Are we on the Humble and Fred page, though? I don't know. How to, I don't know. You don't know if we're on the Humble and Fred well, page? Well, it says Humble and Fred Radio. Well, here are right. Christ, we're like the three stages. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody like pointed I, out, yes, I can't remember at... Someone yeah, pointed yeah. out that there wouldn't be the Humble and Fred show without... He, he said like something like, great show yesterday, but it was so Humble and Fred that we went on the wrong Facebook page for the very, very first time ever. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> on a we, show like yesterday. On a big show. Big show. On the big show. Okay, we are on our... All right. All right. Um, before we get back into, you know, yesterday's, uh, the response to yesterday's show, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, you're still without power in Peterborough. Does Peterborough have power? Does Brampton have power? Where's the power? Parts of Peterborough don't have power still, but they're working on things. I mean, you know, it was one of those lines just to, just a block from where I am here from Lisa's that, that had uh, was closed all day yesterday. And it started out with... Uh, uh, half of telephone poles hanging from the power lines. They were all sort of broken for like at least eight were broken in a row. Okay. And they replaced all of those yesterday. And that's the kind of thing that's going on around here. But it's still, there's still people, you can hear generators in the distance, just a block away from where I am right now. Took a walk and there was generators still running. The sound of chainsaws are going on. It sounds like an episode of Red Green. Hmm. Yeah. In the background, that chainsaw is always running. There's going to be a lot of that going on. Even my street here in Brampton is littered uh, with branches that people have sort of put to the side that the city's going to have to come and pick up uh, the aftermath. You know, and it's been confirmed it was a tornado that hit Uxbridge. Oh, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> Where cars were literally um, turned over. Yeah. You know, and I touched on it yesterday briefly and again, not to pound, you know, our industry, but... How the mighty have fallen Saturday night, driving home from up north, listening to 680 News. There was a day they'd have reporters all over and, you know, reporting in from different areas and describing the scene. It was uh, nothing. Sounded like a couple of college kids. And they kept reading the same two-line story about the the severe thunderstorm and reports of damage in various areas. That was it. Sad, really. Because, really, that is their... You know yeah, what I mean? What, what do they day, call them? Is it, is it now City News 680? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Really, that should be their job, right? Day to day, you give the news. But when there's a crisis or an incident or a disaster. Yeah, you leap into action. Yeah, everybody should be called in from, mm. from wherever they are. I'm, no. I'm concerned for your two, uh, for your twos. I'm concerned for your mental health because you're not allowed into your blessed trailer park. And uh, may not be for a few weeks. Well, we're allowed to go in. It's just that there's no power. So when there's no power, there's no fridge. There's no, you know, it's just everything's, you're really roughing it. You can do it for a day. <laughs> okay, Dan. Sorry. My, my <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't what? worry about no, Don't no. worry about me. No, I'm just laughing at him yelling double shot power. 
<laughs> he's done he's done two spider jones references now one before we started <laughs> before we started nothing recording but the bacon. nothing shaking but the bacon dan please i know you're trying to have a mature conversation with two immature yeah. people but you know what you know it's it's funny i know it's not easy I, for you I, well, I just, it also just, I just ignore all that stuff now. <laughs> you know, it used to make me laugh. Now I just don't even hear it. You know? Oh, <laughs> you know? really? That's why I, my wife. I was going to say, I'm still laughing at it. What does that say about me? <laughs> but I'm not around him as much as you. I don't see him off the radio. You guys chum around. You're so, so the bottom line is you can go into the park. You just can't. There's no facilities. When will that be? Well, Hydro One says the power will be on up there by 11 p.m. tonight. So well, there you go. You're back in business this weekend. Something to look forward to, if it's true. But, I mean, the last deadline they gave us was totally blown out of the water. Fred's not buying it. Fred's saying it's not yeah. happening. Yeah. No, well, the, you know. the power can be on in the area, but the park has its own infrastructure. Dan's convinced that our end of the park has its own uh, situation that, you know, is going to be... It's independent, yes, because they've expanded, and this is an old business that they bought. So, in that world, I'll well, sure see. I hope you're right. Okay, is there, you're saying they've set up their own power grid at your trailer park. It <laughs> seems seems a bit aggressive, but hey, mm-hmm. did you hear what I said to Dan when he was trying to explain this all to me? I went, "Okay, Wichita lineman." <laughs> <laughs> Dan is a lineman for the county. county. <clears throat> All right, Dan. Well, listen, you did a good... You tried. At least you, you know, tried. You know, yeah, I tried. You're trying to offer up real information about a serious situation. Um, while Fred was getting his coffee, I was sort of... As I was leaving the microphone area, I said to Dan, Oh, yeah, remind me. I, I forgot to tell you guys a story about me yelling at fireworks. I just want to say, because we're all dog lovers, and, and two of us still have dogs. And there's a lot of kids in this neighborhood. Okay, so Victoria's birthday, whatever that means to whatever. I, I don't know what the significance is other than a day off. And, and then, of course, there's fireworks. Okay. But fireworks, isn't there, and Dan would know this being a bylaw officer. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe Fred, too. Isn't there a time cutoff for the fireworks? You would think. Because I live in the city here, and at 1045 Monday night, after an hour, at least it started at, you know, in the late nine. So some for about an hour, there was fireworks. And finally, I'd had enough. Right. Okay, so what would your uh, solution... I mean, you know, uh, there, there is probably a noise bylaw that says you can't do some whatever it is past a certain time or, you know, what's reasonable. Okay, but then, what do you think is reasonable for firework? Uh, I, I, that's not even the... the well, 1045 is clearly not... <laughs> I, I don't know. 10 o'clock? No, I, I mean, I was sort of surprised because this was like a really intense... This wasn't a few schoolhouses. This was like full-on fireworks a block over. And so you know what balcony I have. And Stan, the, re- the reason it was affecting me is, one, I couldn't go to sleep. I, went, I turned the lights off at 10 o'clock. So for 45 minutes, Stan is shaking and panting. Well, there's really nothing you can do about it. I know. It's, well, this is... You know, what, they would argue it's one day a year. And, sir, people aren't going to be... Um, 
Well, you know, people aren't going to be told they can't use fireworks because you have a nervous wrecked dog. But there was, it's okay, fine. But, but all dogs get upset by that noise. A lot lot. of them. Okay. I I don't think uh, Clifford does, does he? Doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Weird. But also the fact that it was a Monday night, kids are going back to school. It was 1045 at night. And there's a lot, like, this is just a neighborhood behind here. I know the frontage is the city streets, but Uh so I don't know what you would have done. (laughs) But I. Probably the right thing. Of course. <laughs> Did you go stomping up and down the street? No, no. I just, way worse than that. I just got out on my balcony because it was like a block over. So not the block right. next to the, the building, but oh, the block over. And you, you did what? Uh-oh. Did you? You were yelling yeah. during the march? <laughs> yeah. I did. I don't know what I thought this was going to do. That's impressive. I, I, I stood out on the balcony with my skinny old man legs, just wearing my underwear. And I yelled the following. I said, enough already. I yelled, give it a rest. Then I yelled. That's all. Oh, those were the two things I yelled. Enough already. Give it a rest. And then I paused and went, fuck. <laughs> and oh, and that would be enough. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, let's shut it down. And and uh, <laughs> <he did that. laughs> I even I kind of made myself laugh. I'm like, what do you think that was going to do? And then there was another 10 minutes of the most intense fireworks. So I think if they heard me, they were like, oh, yeah, have a listen to this. Well, that's that's what bugs me about fireworks. The you know, the nice, spectacular shows and everything. There's a place for those. It's the guys that go and buy, buy the box for 30 or 40 bucks and stand by the curb and light those off. I mean, they're flaccid, they're limp, they're shitty, yet they have some fascination with lighting things on fire. It's just weird. I will give these guys respect for one thing, though. It's a pretty impressive. This, like I said, this wasn't like a bunch of anemic, limp schoolhouses going, pew, 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 pew. This was like symphony of fire, like intense. And after I yelled, give it a rest, uh, whatever, fuck at the top. I thought, then, what are you doing? You're yelling. You're yelling at the top of your lungs in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it got more intense. Yeah, who, and, do you, who do you think you get more inten- uh, attention on Victoria Day? The fireworks or the crazy man yelling? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I was just, you know, it was kind of like in stance. My dog is, you know what stands like in here. You're, you're advocating for your dog. Right. And, and the poor guy, like, you know, okay, say what you want about his normal sort of skittishness. But the poor guy was beside himself. It was like a couple of hours of him being uncomfortable and kind of trying to nestle into my arms and. I just felt I needed to stand up for stand by yelling F at the top of my lungs in the neighborhood. Anyway, I thought you guys would find that somewhat amusing. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep an eye out on the Internet for uh, for sales on bullhorns for you, though. That's that what I thought I needed. Could, could help. Yeah. I really thought, man, if I if I own, this was one of those times if I only had a bullhorn. Yeah. Do you want you want one of those where the where there's a separate microphone with a little cable that connects to it? Or you just want the one that just puts right up to your mouth? That you that want? that first one that you described, that's it's fancy. That's when you get yeah, the thing. Yeah, those, and, you spend more money. Yes, you do. They come with uh, other sounds, too. I was going to say, those, they come with are, a siren. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I need. 
attention, attention. All right, listen, we got to get this show started because, of course, there's a. Uh, I called the show the day after the day, and now here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, Brampton, and from the part of Peterborough that still has power. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and our newest returning sponsor, DraftKings. And now, here are two men who start their day with a sunny disposition, humming happy show tunes while stretching and brewing their first cup of joe. And then they check the weather forecast, the news, <laughs> and their aging bodies, and we get what we get. It's Humble and Friends. That's very funny. I think you mentioned, look down at your script, I think you've got Bodog in there twice. I thought I heard that yesterday. Okay, you're on to me. Uh, hey, listen, are you being, are you being paid separately by Bodog? <laughs> I'm getting paid from you guys, so i got to get it Easy now. So. Hey, we're doing the best we can. I know you are. You know, we're no... really into double shot power. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nothing shaking but the bacon. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Dan. Right. Please, if you could make that adjustment, that would be great. I maybe, just made the adjustment. My apologies, take one of those people. off there. Uh, don't duck my pay. Okay, okay listen... Um, if you're having trouble sleeping, we've got a great solution for you. This is a, there's millions of people who struggle with sleep. Hush Blankets carries everything from pillows and sheets to their best-selling weighted blankets and mattresses. They even have iced technology, which keeps you cool all night long. And if you're not sold, don't worry about it. They have a 100-night guarantee on all their products. I just think that's amazing. Try it for 100 nights and return it with no hassle whatsoever. And, and these pro- you've, you've heard about, you know, the, the famous, you know, hush blankets and the weighted blankets. They do have a, a real impact on the way you sleep. And right now we can have an impact on how much you pay. Go to uh, hushblankets.com and the promo code is H-U-M-B-L-E for 10% off. That's the highest, uh, highest discount they offer to Humble and Fred listeners. Hushblankets.com, H-U-M-B-L-E. Now here's our friend, Freddie P. Well, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience 19, uh, since 1994. And listen, you can wager on everything. It's fantastic. Forget the NHL playoffs. There's NBA. There's Major League Baseball. There's European sports. Go there. OK, check it out. And uh, have some fun. That's Bodog. I I don't know why I was thinking. I don't even know where to start with yesterday's show. Um, on the on today's show, before I forget, Steve Pakin will be our guest. The retirement Sherpa is back, and uh, today's show will be. You know, a little less about you-know-what and uh, a bit more regular, although we do, there's so much, uh, I don't even know, I mean, was the word follow? A lot of response from yesterday uh, uh, Yes, us. there was. Um, some from uh, some very interesting areas as well. Yeah. Uh, what was your takeaway from the day? Just for one day. Well, I, I mean, the way it ended with the Andrew Crystal part, I felt was... Uh, 
It was pretty emotional, and I heard I heard from some people yesterday on the Andrew Crystal part. My my takeaway, though, overall, you mean Derringer side? I'll tell you, my my takeaway is there's still a lot of people in Toronto radio that are aware we're doing a show. Yes. What was your takeaway from it? Well, uh, so many things, and you know, I mean, uh, John Derringer's the the, the focus, uh, but again, so many enablers. Oh yeah, no, that's sort of. Uh, maybe get out from under this I, I know one thing my wife here's what i felt good about my wife was very proud of me and you very proud of us for that show i'm not sure uh john derringer jj johnson dave farrell blair bartram i'm not sure they can say that and a host of other chorus suits can say that this morning um but that was one of my takeaways and then you know several people who i know and admire in the industry reaching out as they did you Sort of solidifying because you know, we did we stick our necks out? Not really. I mean, we stood up for those women who otherwise probably wouldn't have a voice through this. So we did what we thought was right, mm-hmm. and um, the response, for the most part, from anyone whose opinion that I would respect, was positive. Yeah. Yes to all. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, I got so, uh, and again, as you did, but. There's a lot of text that I got and messages, and I had some conversations. I will tell you one of them, the nicest, you know, again, from one of the victims, one of the people that was most affected. Um, But before I get to her, I'll just tell you, I, I just wrote down, these are the people that reached out or sent notes. Jeff Merrick, Paul Romanuk, John Moore, Scott Tucker, uh, works with Mora. Mark Hebsher, Schwarma, Brother Bill, Bill Brio, Bill, um, Jim Richards, lots of others. Craig, Rob, Rob Craig Johnson, Venn. Craig Venn. Uh-huh. I just didn't want to leave Robbie J out uh, of the people that sort of worked in that building. If you go to our Facebook page from yesterday, yes, once I figured out how to get the live stream again, lots of great comments there. Jamie Lott was our receptionist in that building. Right. She had some nice things to say about us. I know some of the problems she used to have. Oh, yeah. In that uh, reception area. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I brought this up before we hit record, but there, was, there seemed to be several uh, women who said that, kind of like Jackie did yesterday, that they sort of found our little hub in that building a a nice place to be in a actually I'll, I'll tell you who it was you know who I, it's funny i hadn't heard from her in a long time and i don't want to mention her name but she was a salesperson for actually she started working she was with us at the edge uh-huh. and then when we all got thrown in together uh-huh. she was now part of the overall sales team and she uh-huh. says uh listening to you guys this morning and loving this takedown I hope this. Uh, I really hope when the larger combo happens, names get named. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she mentions somebody you just mentioned. Apparently, he's been texting certain people, talking about how interesting this all is and how he will be watching it unfold. Fuck off. <laughs> well, yeah. So you know, I he, she says, "Fuck off." He gave Derringer cover. He gave Dean cover. It was so toxic. You and mm-hmm. Fred. This is the part. You and Fred really were a little haven of kindness in a shitty place. 
Well, isn't that sweet? Yeah, that's funny. That's what I said. I'll, you know, there's a lot of guys out there this morning. Well, yesterday morning, too, sort of wiggling and trying to figure out position they're going to say, get out, you know, roll out some kind of an explanation. Because, you know, listen, there are people that from now going forward, they're going to go, hey, were you the general manager when Derringer was there? What, did you not know what was going on? Yeah. And then what do you say? Because they did. They did. I had a and nice... <clears throat> I, I, uh-huh. I, I, I might address this in a little bit, but I'll, let me start by saying Colleen Rushholm, who was one of the people, probably... I don't know if it was the first, because I know from what you told me this morning, that uh, message you read uh, from another friend of the show, who we, we won't name... But he described a situation long before Colleen started working with Derringer. So I don't want to say Colleen's the first because there was some abuse and, and aberrant behavior prior to that. Do you want me to read that? If you want, because I'm just because oh, I know I do because. It, yeah, go ahead. Listen, this is a guy that worked at the fan, went to the United States and is now a significant player in sports broadcasting. So from his standpoint, I understand he doesn't. He just doesn't want his name used. In fact, I'm not going to use the name of the guy he's talking about. I wish I could, but I haven't asked his permission yet. But this guy who was the victim, I don't know how anybody could treat him shitty because he's such a sweetheart. Anyway, it goes, uh, just started listening to the show from this morning. Looking forward to hearing the rest of it. He says, I don't know the Frost story. We should probably explain that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, quite frankly, when I worked with J.D. at the fan, he was always an asshole. He used to treat his first producer like a piece of shit. And I witnessed it firsthand. In fact, I pulled him aside and said many times, aren't you going to stand up for yourself? I couldn't believe it. Excuse me. uh, Keep well. uh, Stay stay great. You too. Oh, fucking. You're funny. Uh, Double shot power. Fuck. (laughs) Yes. Way way to keep the person anonymous. Um, So the reason I mentioned, I wanted you to mention that is that this behavior didn't just start with Colleen Rushhome, but it was the first exposure that I had in terms of I, I remember knowing her at the time and then all of a sudden she was gone and that's when I started we started hearing like oh there was some trouble in the studio so after listening to us yesterday she says I'm listening to your show I could listen to you guys talk about oh, she said I was I could wish I could listen to you guys talk about the weather all day fuck you're funny then she says Howard my God, you represented us and me so well. You're a dad. And when you talked about my dad, I cried. My family was so upset. My mom wanted to... This was at the time she's referring to when she worked with him. She said, my family was so upset. My mom wanted to drive in and find him. My brother wanted to kill him. Thank God this happened. And Fred mentioned JJ being a consultant still. And I have to listen to that bullshit. Mm. Wow. So, um, that was pretty uh, representative of the people. I had a great conversation with Merrick. He 
He's so good. He, we talked yesterday morning, and again, his memories of being in that building. I noticed on our Twitter feed, a couple of women in particular um, said, made the, the, the comment, well, if you guys knew, why didn't you say something? Right? Yeah. Back then. Which is a va- listen, I, I see raising that question, but I think it's self-explanatory. Until these women came out, we had to protect them, too. How often were we in a position where we wanted to talk about it? And they said, oh, please don't know. I'll get in trouble or, you know, I'll lose my job or I don't, you know, I might have trouble getting another job. That's why. And it wasn't until these strong, brave women came out that we were allowed to get, you know, help give them a voice. And then some other asshole on our feet, a guy. Oh, I've been called a cunt before. You just shake it off and move on. Really? Yeah, yeah. A guy? Like, really? You know, they're, what do you say to that? It's just an idiot. I mean, you know, like I told you, the, the day before I looked on, I think it was Q's or Derringer's Twitter feed, and there was a couple of men saying, well, come on, John, stay strong. You know, these fucking bitches. And, you know, these one guy said, I guess they're all fugly. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it's just guys being, you know, f- trying to... I, and listen, there's nothing wrong with sticking up for somebody you admire. A lot of people admire John Derringer. There's just no getting around it. Mm. And uh, But in this particular case, it's like attacking women, or not even attacking us, wondering why we... You know, we were fighting our own battles, you know. Um, I had a nice conversation with uh, John Moore last night, who, by the Did way, you? sends his very best regards to you. Yes, I like John. One of the special guys, man. He really is. He's a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. And uh, his text to me before we spoke, he said, a bully has no friends when he's finally taken down. This is quite the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, John, and uh, if you're obviously if you're listening to us live, it's because of the Facebook feed. But I think John is having Maureen Holloway on today. Wow. Uh, yeah, yes, they're very good friends. Yeah, they're fair. They go back yep. along, but they go back to Montreal. And uh, Maureen and I sort of spoke uh, just over Messenger yesterday, and she's going to come on the show next month. And I think she's going to be doing a bunch of. She'll be doing Toronto Mike'd. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to do our show. She and I want to say Wendy Mesley are launching mm-hmm. a podcast. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have Mo on to help promote her podcast with Wendy. But she's on with John this morning. I don't know if they've already done a bit, but if you're looking for some more information about this. (laughs) I forgot. I haven't told you yet. Yesterday, about 10 minutes after I went upstairs after the show, the phone rang and it was Gallagher, John Gallagher. Come on. Yes. Tell me, I I, I didn't know about any of this. I, I didn't know any of it. And I said, okay, that's fine. But, you know, I mean, John's working time with Derringer would have been pre-1990. So I don't know. He just wanted to make the point he knew nothing about it. Although overall, I don't know exactly what the point of the call was. And he was very interested in what Jackie Delaney had said. And I said, well, didn't you hear it? He said, yeah, partially, not fire, some of it. And I said, well, listen to the podcast. I don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you don't listen to podcasts? I just don't do that. And I said, well, it's very simple. Just go to one of those podcast things and download Humble and Fred. You can listen to the whole show. I I, I don't know how to do that. And I said, well, 
John, Google had to listen to a podcast, then search Humble and Fred. I said, it's all there. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) But he was very interested in hearing the show in its entirety and making the point that he knew nothing about the behavior of John Derringer, which is fine. And he's living out east now in Halifax. And uh, he sounded... You know, as Gallagher goes, somewhat coherent. So, <laughs> um, well, you know. he doesn't even have to. You know, I would have just told him, okay, if you don't want to listen to a podcast, have you heard of Facebook? Go to our Facebook page, John, who is a character. Uh, oh, Jim, he is. Jim Richards hmm. uh, sent us a couple nice notes. Swarma, as well. Uh, Brother Bill. Bill Brio, who is. A regular contributor to our program mm-hmm. sent us uh, a nice note. I'm just gonna I, again. Usually, here's somebody asked us an interesting question because now we're not we're not working tomorrow, and as of this week, we're not working Thursdays for the rest of the summer. It was one of our, I think it was Chris K, one of our super fans, mm-hmm. said, "Now will you guys be reading emails on Wednesday?" Because we won't be on on a normal Wednesday. Yeah, we'd spend a we'd go through a bunch of listener emails like we do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bill Brio said, way back when I was commuting to the sun from Brampton, I used to only listen to Derringer to hear Maureen Holloway tell jokes for four minutes. I was glad her segment was always at a predictable time. Nice. even ha- Nice even handling of the shit show at Coors today. Classy, funny, and effective. And I got this one from our sweet boy, uh, Phil Evans, out there in Vancouver. He says, I'm listening to your special report and appreciate that you had to suppress a Pharaoh impression. Well, not really. No, I <laughs> Who's that from? You can do Phil Evans. Oh, that's no. great. I can do. Yes. Yes. Don't say no. Say no. how. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, yes. You guys should take yes. over the media endorsement of uh, Abuse Hurts. Eh, that might take some work. No, we don't want to do that. Do we have, here's the thing. We're, we're not interested in... Uh, if anything that takes time away from we can't go we can't volunteer anymore we have our own <laughs> we have our own agenda I uh yeah and I you know I kept thinking of those people yesterday yeah me too and how embarrassed they must be uh, seriously and what they're going to do uh, uh I don't know it's you know because you know all those well-intentioned good people you know hoodwinked by this guy and, it, and it's one thing like to be you know drunk driving or something but he, the to be guilty of the actual allegedly guilty of the actual thing that you're representing it's just you can't you can't make this stuff up so yes you can't uh john moore and i he's you know one thing about i i still and i've known john the first time you and i met john moore do you remember when it was well, sure. In the halls of the mix. No, sir. Me. No, brother. Oh, you and I okay. went on a fam trip, they used to call them. Oh, we went to New York City. You and I yes. went down for one of these things where the, when in the old days, they would fly us down to New York, have us watch some Broadway shows that were coming to Toronto. And you and I, I were like, <laughs> I remember, I think it was on one of the Sunday shows. I don't even remember, the, but I fell asleep, because as I always do, I fell asleep in the musical. And I felt bad after because I, mm-hmm. I think it was the producers or something like that. This is how long ago it was, but it was with John and his partner. And uh, that was our first time meeting him. But I will tell you, 
all the time I talk to him, including last night. I'm always very careful because I feel, and he'll he'll laugh at this, I sometimes feel intimidated by how smart he is. And I'm always like, I hope he's not going to catch me saying something stupid. I talked to him, you know, it's funny, I've talked to him quite a bit the last year or so because he's thinking of, you know, getting into aviation. And so we've had some conversations. But even last night, I was like, <laughs> I'm always like, am I saying the right thing? Mm-hmm. But John and I were talking about this very thing about abuse hurts and how ironic or whatever you want to call it is that mm-hmm. that was the chosen charity. And there's a very famous case in the, in the UK about someone who, again, I'm not comparing mm-hmm. John to this, be, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But a, a guy that was after his death, they found out he wasn't who they thought he was, who had spent his life abusing people uh, but his charity of choice was, again, sort of abused people, which is very strange. Well, remember the stories that come out about Danny Thomas after his death, right? You know, he used to, you know, some terrible things, you know? Oh, yeah, so, what were they, Freddie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were they, Freddie? used to like to defecate on a, you know, get women to defecate on a glass coffee on table. On a coffee table, yeah. yeah. And look up at it. Like, he did. <laughs> so, but again, so, there you Danny Thomas, the Danny Thomas show, everybody loves the guy. And then oh, after yeah. he's gone, these stories come out. It's sure. Like, God. <laughs> so, again, not comparing this to that. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, this is from Chris K. He, and he says, I could write a novel about how great Tuesday's show was or Show, and he puts in brackets or shows if you include the part of the show using Howard's personal account. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to say that uh, my wife and I were so happy you gave Jennifer's story so much time. We left the show with feelings of sympathy for Jennifer and the other victims. He goes on to say Jackie's an amazing guest and so happy she's become a show regular. Also was deeply moved by the Andrew Crystal mini tribute. Thank you for sharing. P.S. Two emails get read on Wednesday is now part of the summer schedule. So, yeah, man. Um, and there's been some uh, other interesting... Well, here comes Steve Pakin. He's a little early. There's been some other interesting response. Uh, and here's the thing. We're going to be doing an interview here in a couple minutes with Steve Pakin. And, and I'll definitely... I think it's fair to at least bring it up. And I know Steve wants... We're going to talk about some Ontario election stuff, I guess. But mm-hmm. the thing is... What I was going to propose is maybe when we come back next week, we can kind of, un- I'm going to say it, I'm going to say unpack. We can kind of, you know, get some of the other people uh, who responded to us and read some of their responses, because we're not going to have time today now. Um, yes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, this stuff will keep coming in. It just will. Yeah. Um, and we didn't read the official. Um, well, yes, there's. Yeah, go ahead. The official thing. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, released by Chorus Entertainment yesterday, saying that the the show is on hiatus, uh, hiatus, uh, pending a third party review. So they've hired one of those companies, I guess, to mm-hmm. to interview everyone and then come to a decision. Uh, and again. Uh, as it was explained to me, that's a system of buying time to come up with answers. Like, there's people at the top of chorus right now that knew this was happening. Right now, 
You know, the big guy, the the, I know. the one that Jennifer Murphy, whatever his name is. I don't know. Doug Murphy, is that the name? Yeah, like, you know, apparently went that high and it was swept up. Like, what what happens? What's the fallout there? What excuse do they have now for that? I can't remember who it was, and I don't want to say John, because I think he was one of the last people I talked to last night. But somebody I spoke to yesterday said, you know, they're going to sue. There's going to be a lawsuit. And I said, really? He said, oh, yeah. He said, you watch. This is going to end up being a, a legal issue. And I think Jennifer, and again, you know, I know Jennifer heard about us doing this yesterday. Somebody told me she tagged the show in one of her posts. And I, and I would love to have her on the show. But I understand she's made a formal complaint with the Human Rights Commission. And I, but I, so I'm, I don't want to say that she's suing anyone. But somebody I spoke to yesterday was pretty certain that there's going to be some lawsuits. Yeah. Some crazy things. Well, if you've got nothing else, we got uh, Steve Pakin standing by here. Why don't we get to him and then uh, maybe we'll uh, clean up uh, this uh, later on in the show. By the way, I, you know, one of the things I, I didn't, I think you and I did talk about this off the air, but, you know, I worked really closely with uh, Derringer's brother, Bill Hayes. And Aww. I think maybe Dan and I were talking about this. Bill Hayes. Honestly, one of the nicest people. It's so weird. What a weird family. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, you've got this. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you've got this guy who was so kind to me. And I got to tell oh. you, I, when I went, over to the, I went over to CKFM, I left the edge for people who don't know the Wikipedia. But I left the Humble and Fred show and I went to work at CKFM. I worked with Larry Fedoric, Maureen Holloway. I was the morning man in a lineup of giants. It was Lee Marshall and Dan uh, Williamson. And Bill Hayes, when I say Giants, these are guys that big voice, great announcers. I used to joke like I was doing the morning show. I sounded like a child. But Bill Hayes couldn't have been nicer to me. And he's always been great with us over the years. Mm. No, I've corresponded with him many times over the years because his son, Brian Hayes, yes, overdrive on TSN. And I made this point yesterday. He might be the best broadcaster of the lot. You know, pound for pound, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, um, I know you. I'm a big fan of his. But back and forth, ah, he's just so smooth and calm and calculated and thoughtful. It's just, it's, I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you if you play your cards right, you you might have a future in this business. No, and he's just a decent young man because, you know, and his father is a decent man. And, yes. you know, many times over the years I've told Bill, like, you got to be proud of this kid, man. He's doing well. So yeah. I thought of him yesterday. And, by, and, and lastly, there I can't open the whole article, but uh, Kevin Donovan, another friend of the Humble and Fred show, wrote a piece in the Star. If you want to go check it out, I couldn't get the whole thing. <laughs> he says uh, Tuesday on social media and at least one Toronto radio station uh, reference was made to the developing scandal. And Boone, our producer, is, is incensed. He's like, why not fucking name the radio show? It's us. Now, I, I know, Kevin, I almost wanted to send him a note. And I go, were you referring to us? Because it would have been cool if you had. But that's really not the point of the story. Just another funny little thing along the way. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so check out our friend Kevin Donovan's piece in the star. It's pretty comprehensive. <laughs> This thing that came in this morning, the thing that didn't uh, age well. Should I oh, read yeah. that? Well, no, I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? Afterwards, yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I want to make sure Steve is ready. Um, 
we got the host of the agenda. He's our friend, and uh, I want to make sure he's comfortable. Steve, you're going to turn your you can turn your camera on whenever you're ready. There, there he, he is. is. Look at that. <laughs> it's exactly as I would imagine the Pagan household. <laughs> Look at you. Good morning, guys. Good morning, to be with my you friend. Morning. Um, I, I I know you're a man in the know, and we appreciate you being on the show. Of course, when you were booked, we none of us had any idea that the last couple of days would have transpired the way they did. And so I'll just begin by how aware uh, of what's going on in the world of Toronto radio are you? Uh, okay, you, you, you may need to put a little more flesh on that bone because I've been living a bit of a tunnel vision life as it relates to the Ontario election for the last three or four weeks. So, I mean, I'm, I'm up on the Toronto radio scene, but what oh. are you referring to in particular? Uh, well, this, it, would, it would be Fred. Why don't you help me here? I was going to say well, it's a lot. It's a lot to a, throw at a, a guy. Story has broke over the past yeah. couple of days of a Toronto radio host, John Derringer, who um, has been accused of abusing female, mentally abusing, uh, not physically, obviously, uh, uh, female broadcasters he has worked with. And uh, to put it bluntly, you know, the shit has sort of hit the fan. That's all. And if you're not aware with it, yeah, that's uh, fine. It. No, uh, actually, fine. guys, I, I, I actually have a I have a very sad story to tell in regards to that. Mm. Uh, I've known a guy by the name of Andrew Crystal, who's a, yeah, a friend of ours as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've known him since we were students at University of Toronto 44 years ago. Wow. And we used to do he used to do his radio show um, on Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons. And Michael Landsberg and I used to do a sports show right after him. Mm-hmm. So we've all known each other for a very long time. Yeah. And Andrew sent me a text message, I guess, about three days ago uh, on this very subject. And it was the last message he ever sent me. We text all the time, particularly during the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, because we're both crazy Leaf fans and we call and text each other all the time. And the last thing he ever sent me before inexplicably dying the other day, and I still don't know how that happened, was about this very subject. Mm -hmm. And it was a text message. And I confess, I knew, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I just, I don't listen to John's show. And I, I didn't know anything about it, but I know about it as a result of Andrew's text to me. Well, Steve, just so you know, first of all, Andrew, Fred and I have been friends for many, many years. Uh, Andrew actually started doing radio on our show. Back in the mid-90s, it's a long story, and we had a long history with him, and I had the exact same experience. Saturday night, I was texting with Andrew, and he's the one who told me about the Derringer story, and the last text I got was at 12 minutes to midnight. Now, Mark Hebsher, who's also another person in the Andrew circle, sent a note to me. Andrew texted him at midnight, so he was still alive at midnight, and I spoke with somebody in the Crystal Nation world yesterday, Freddie, uh, mm-hmm. trying to find out more about Michelle Andrews' wife and how mm-hmm. I could get a hold of her. And, I spoke to Michelle a couple of days ago, yeah, and, and how, needless to say, she's completely gobsmacked by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he went out. He went out, uh, you know, he went out for the evening, uh, probably to a local bar for a beverage, as was his wont. And he didn't come home. Yeah. And the police knocked on her door the following morning and said, we have the worst news for you. So that and that's all I know. I, uh, she didn't even know how he had died. Mm-hmm. So 
it's a huge question mark right now. But you know, it's what's let's sell. When we talked a lot about Andrew yesterday, but we had this other story as well. And and Andrew was always he was a very unique guy. Yep. We we worked with him and around him for a long time. But I was saying one of the things, and I'd been to a couple of the New Year's Day levies at the apartment, and I Same said, to, and I said to Fred, you know, the people he knew. It was it was a bizarre gathering. It really was because I remember mm-hmm. the first one mm-hmm. I went to about three years ago. As I was walking in, I'm like, "Hi, Hazel," and it was Hazel McCallion was walking out. I'm like, "Who doesn't Andrew Crystal know?" <laughs> you, you know, I've been to a, many of those New Year's levies as well, and he had a I guess he had a penthouse at the Colonnade or something like <laughs> yes. that. And and it, you know, some years the weather was actually nice enough so that you could go out on his on his deck or roof patio or whatever the heck it was Where the barbecue was an, up there yeah yeah he had an extraordinary view of the city and and it's true one of the neat things about going to andrew's place is the eclectic nature of the people that you would meet i mean i met punk rockers there who i would otherwise never meet or get to know uh, and political people and authors and military historians and and on and on and on it went and he was just sort of the the crazy nutty glue that kept us all together. Yeah. And uh, God, I, I, I so want to know what the hell happened to him because he was just so full of life and vigor. And, and I just, I, I can't, I can't understand it. I don't know what happened. Well, we said, you know, he was a bit overweight and he, he would sweat a lot. You notice that he was always sweating. So from what I understand, it was a massive heart attack, but we'll, okay. I didn't even know that Fred. So I'm, I'm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a thing about Andrew, too, it's one thing to invite Hazel McCallion to your party, but she actually comes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she showed up. You know, we can That's send right. all the invites we want, <laughs> That's but right. people actually show up. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, Hazel was never the year. In the years I went, I, I never had the pleasure of meeting her, but there there sure was a, uh, which I guess included me, a bizarre cast of characters. And I, I felt the same. Knew each other. I, I, I remember this. I took... Uh, I took somebody who didn't know Andrew. This was just two years ago we went. And I said, you're not going to believe the people we're going to run into. And I said, not just famous people, just the people. I said, for no other reason. The food was always pretty good. But I said, let's just hang out for a couple hours and just look at it. And you described it. You'd look around. It was like somebody from Cirque du Soleil, a guy over here who looked like an author, this dude who might be a spy. Like, it was just such a weird group of folks. And I'm like, I'm just happy. And Andrew, I'll say one last thing about Andrew always made me, and I think you guys would agree he made all all his friends anyone who was there he made me feel like i was special for being there and i know he did that with everyone but he always it's a unique ability in a group of people to make you feel like you're you're he's so happy you came i'm so grateful that we are having this conversation right now because i've really been bummed out over the last few days about what happened to him i mean let's face it guys we're all i i, I don't know how old you guys are we're, we're all around it <laughs> <laughs> i assume we're all in our early 60s here and and you know he's not the only u of t friend uh you know there's a funeral this morning for another friend of mine from university of toronto from 40 plus years ago and it just feels like this is a mm-hmm. this is becoming an increasingly sad time of our life where yes. we're burying a lot of our friends yep and and I I really appreciate the chance to laugh about mm-hmm. what a great character Andrew was. So I'm grateful to you guys for that. Thank you. 
I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine yesterday about that. It's funny. You get into your 60s. More and more, like, mortality is on your mind. It's like, you know, for so much of your life, it, that's just not part of your thought process. But now when you have people in your age group dying with, I'm not going to say with great regularity, but it's popping up more and more. You start thinking about yourself. It really is a weird, uh, not a weird time, but it, it, it's a stage of your life that uh, I'm not enjoying that much. Uh, yeah, uh, 110%. And it's funny, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday who was telling me about their father, who's in his 80s. Mm-hmm. And and she said to me, she's a producer of TVO, and she said to me, you know, he's 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 going to funerals every week. Yeah. You know, he's just, <laughs> and I said, I know, but he's in his, eight, I mean, he's 86. Of course he's going to funerals every week. He's 86. I'm six, I'm almost 62, mm-hmm. 62 next month. And I just never thought that I'd be going to this many funerals at this stage of the game. Yeah. And yet here we are. You used to go to, you know, uh, you know, your friend's dad's funeral or your right. own, or your right. grandpa's right. funeral. Now you're going to friends for you know, funerals. Yep. So yeah, it's a little it's a little hard. One thing about uh, Andrew, too, I never went to a levy, but I had been to his place. The books up there, right? Yeah. Oh, the library. Oh, how well read that man was. My goodness. And, and that's I mean, and, and listen, Steve, I know that we had sort of scheduled. We can talk about the Ontario election, but I'll be honest with you on our show. This is the secret sauce. This is why people like it, because it's honest and. And yesterday, I, I played a clip of Andrew from Toronto Mike's podcast talking about Fred and I. And I choked up because, again, one of his unique abilities was to make me and Fred, you know, feel like we mattered so much to him. And listening to him talk about me, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, really struck a nerve because that's who he was all the time. I'll tell you the last thing he said to me, and I know this will resonate with you. He said, I need to visit. Miss talking. I adore your talent and person. And that's how he spoke. <laughs> you know, he, he was one of those men that never shied away from telling you how much affection he had for you. That's so true. And Howard, you know what? All the time, like he, he and I watch pretty much every Maple Leaf hockey game during the course of the regular sorry, season. And sorry, I'm, sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And and every now and then I would get an urgent text from Andrew saying, I'm having a mental health crisis about the Leafs. Call me immediately. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, maybe that's what killed him. You know? <laughs> that's right. Finally. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, and, and of course I would. And, and he'd literally be on the phone and, and the, the words would race out of his mouth at 200 words a second. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he would finish about two minutes later and he would say, OK, thanks. I feel better. Bye. Click. Hang up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had the experience. Fred brought this up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, we were just being honest because there was lots of times. And again, we started hanging around or he started hanging around our show right around 1996. He's on the cover of a CD we put out in 1997. We were all topless mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. studio. Mm-hmm. But so over the years, there were lots of times when you'd see Andrew's name on your phone. You go, I don't know if I have time for a crystal call. <laughs> I don't, oh, many I don't times, know if like, I have the energy right now. I don't right know now. if I have a half hour. Right <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. I, I had a conversation the other day with or I guess, sorry, email exchange the other day with uh, Peter Mansbridge. And, you know, like Peter mm-hmm. is the epitome of a serious news guy. Yes. And Andrew is not. And yet they knew each other yes. and they were friends. And Andrew used to have Peter on his radio show. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there was a lovely friendship there. So it, it just goes to show you, I mean, Andrew was crazy. Oh, in yeah. In the most beautiful way. Yes. In the most beautiful way. 
But he had, you know, he had people at the pinnacle of journalism who were in his corner and really enjoyed his company, too. And, and you know, Steve, the tragedy is he was just too hot to handle for Toronto Talk Radio. And yeah. really, the city was robbed of that talent. It was just well, right. You know, we're just just it's just the nature of of our business. Yeah, you guys are a little you guys are a little bit out there. But Andrew was way out there, and oh, yeah. regular terrestrial radio was just not going to be able to contain his shtick. Um, Freddie just froze up there, but I'll finish his thought. That you know, for many years we worked in, you know, we worked at a, you know Chorus, and we worked at these big radio companies, and we could never understand. Like we worked for Standard, and then became Estrell. Uh, we worked in the building at Talk Ten Ten, News Talk Ten Ten, and and I, we used to have these conversations with people like, how is it that this guy isn't front and center? You know, even the show he was doing at the end at Sirius, you know. He, he, there's so much of Andrew Crystal that could have been on sort of more of the mainstream media. Now it's just you and I, Steve. This is what I've always dreamed of. Humble and Steve. Um, but there's Works no... Listen, I, I, we, we also know some people he worked for, and I got some text messages from some of his former bosses. One of my best friends said, I loved having him work for me. He was crazy, but dot, dot, dot. And I said, all the good right. ones are, man. All the really, really good ones have a little bit of that eccentricity, which is an... That's who he was. He was an eccentric character. Totally. And he, he invited me to come on his radio program numerous times. And I, you know, because he's a friend, I always said yes. But I always did so with trepidation because I knew he was going to say something crazy, <laughs> outrageous, borderline profane. And of course, try to get me to say something crazy, <laughs> yeah. outrageous and borderline profane. So you really had to be on your game. Because um, unlike you guys, I'm not allowed to drop f bombs on the agenda. I'm just not. I work oh, you're for the Pokeroo Network, <laughs> so I got to keep it Disney. And and Andrew would always just try and push me, push me, push me to say something increasingly outrageous. And I had to be pretty disciplined when I was with him, because otherwise you'd revert back to habits that you had back in the day at U of T 45 years ago mm -hmm. and say something stupid. I don't think I ever did, but but it, it, it was a great challenge to try not to. Freddie, you were trying to make the point about I, I sort of finished it for you before you froze up there yeah, about the I'm, fact I'm that I'm sure I'm sure you did. Yeah, it's just, you know, openings would come at 640 and I'd talk to him and he'd say he was talking to Gord Harris or whoever the guy was at the time. And I used to think, boy, I hope he gets it because he's what Toronto needs. Just a good shot of something different. And that never really came to pass. And same with CFRB. Dixon really didn't want to touch him. And it was too bad because he was very, very talented. And again, just a victim of what we are here, just a little too safe sometimes. Mm. But did you, I mean, I listened to a show on Sirius Radio. He, he, he snuggled up to that line all the time. Sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe crossed the line from time to time. Well, he yeah. obviously crossed the line on terrestrial radio new, numerous times because he got yes. fired from numerous places. Mm -hmm. Well, what I said to but, Steve while you were gone, Freddie, is that Andrew was eccentric in the best sense of it. And it's a funny thing about characters. You know, I said that to our friend Danny Kay, who, had, who Andrew had worked for. I said, the funny thing about characters, everyone loves them in the movies, but sometimes they're uncomfortable when you actually meet one in person. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and he was just a lot mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I feel, you know, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I had a couple conversations yesterday with some people that knew him as well. And, and you know, it's really shocking. Again, a 63-year-old guy. And I, I felt the same way you too about our age and people dying. And, you know, it, it's, 
it just seems so weird that we're talking about Andrew now in the past tense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I got an email the other day. Um, actually, the guy who broke the news to me was Bruce Dobigan, who lives in Calgary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Bruce, of course, used to work uh, here in Ontario, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago or so before he moved out west. And, you know, he and I have been pals for 35, 36, 37 years. And I'm not even sure how he found out before I did, but he did. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy who broke the news to me, and just it's it's just um, I don't know, guys. I don't have anything more profound to say about this other than mm. I think it sucks. It's just it's yeah. just not good that too many people our age. I don't know. I, I was talking to a high school buddy of mine the other day about this. I went to the I went to a school in Hamilton. I grew up in Hamilton, and there were forty four, forty five people in my grade thirteen graduating class in high school, and and seven of them are dead already. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hate to be macabre about this, but but seven out of forty four just feels like it's too high a number. Yeah, right. I, 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 I talked to another friend of mine uh, a few weeks ago who's seventy four years old, and he's got three people in his grade thirteen graduating class who have died. So now that feels about normal. And I, I'm thinking, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? How is it that we've got that many? And I'm just, anyway, I, I don't like it. I haven't done a dead list. I think I might do that today. It'll, that. It won't make you feel better. But No. Uh, but, oh, you don't know us, Steve. You don't know <laughs> us. That'll make you know, Yeah, counting all the people that, as long as we're not dead, it will make us feel better. <laughs> and, you know, we're always in this mindset, if I get cancer, I get some horrible disease and die a slow death. Look at him. He's texting people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? With vigor. Mm-hmm. And minutes later, you're dead. Yeah. Just what can happen to us? Yeah, and I'm I'll tell you that text message. Though mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely I'm keeping that text message mm-hmm. for as long as my phone lives, because every time I respond to a text of somebody else's, mm-hmm. I will scroll past his name and I will remember it, and I'm happy to do that. You know, it's interesting too because as I mentioned to him about having, and I would say this to anyone like Andrew Crystal calling you, you needed to put a, you needed to have some energy, and you need to put aside some time, <laughs> and 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 just like every Andrew encounter, what I didn't tell you before the last text is that there was a dozen before that, and he's texting me, and you, what reminded me is when you said he was doing it with vigor. So this started at ten. I'm out for dinner, and he's texting me, texting me, and finally I go, I just have to do the, hey, I'm out with friends but let this i and i know what i don't feel bad about it but it's sort of again typical of any encounter i had with him finally after half a dozen texts i say listen andrew i'm out with friends but let's uh let's catch up soon my last text to him is and fuck that guy who we were talking about (laughs) and and he comes back with three or four more texts and then i didn't see the last one steve till i woke up the next morning and realized he had texted me a couple more times after I tried to bow out of the conversation, and which again is so funny and typical of an Andrew Crystal encounter. At some point, you go, "Okay, I have to get out of it and get back to my regular life." Howard, I had the same experience literally uh, three days ago, where I, I mentioned to him he's he's texting and texting and texting, and I'm saying, "Okay, I'm I'm leaving for my cottage now. I got a I got a seven hour drive ahead of me. I can't text anymore. Uh, I'll 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 pick this up when I get there." And, of course, when I got there, there were five other text messages from, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> from him after I told him not to text me anymore. Yeah, after, and and I, well, listen, man, I can't tell you. Fred's had this experience where you've hung up on a conversation and he's called right back because he's something else he wants to tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Same oh, thing. We, we, you know what? It's it's um, 
I'm so glad we're having this conversation. It's very joyous to think about all of his quirks and eccentricities that really put a lot of wind in our sails over the years. So that's wonderful. Yeah, he was a longtime friend of ours, man. I mean, how quickly the years go by, eh, Howard? What what was you're well, saying? I said in 1996, maybe. And Steve, he yeah. was working. Maybe Steve can remember the name. I, I I just keep blanking on the magazine he worked for. He worked for an entertainment magazine. That's hmm. no longer. No. It, it was one of those ones. Uh, in, uh, I, again, if I could ever think of it, and that's something how he like premiere premiere something, something that like it? that. Yeah. Premier? yeah. Okay. And. That's how he first appeared to us, and we right away caught how odd the fellow was. And we used to have him on, Freddie. Remember, he was like a regular Friday feature on our show. He'd come and talk about movies. And then we just had him on talking about anything. Yeah. Yeah, because really, the first couple, of, first couple of times we had him on, it's like, you know, your hair is blown. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> what is this? He really obsessed about his weight near the end. He, he was living an unhealthy, I think, I think the pandemic, you know how for some people the pandemic was really awful, and he was one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, because he just started to lead a very sedentary lifestyle over the, the past two years, and his weight mm-hmm. did get up. And, and he would... He, I'm sure I'm not the only person he confided in with this, but he did confide in me from time to time about how concerned he was that he was putting on weight and he couldn't seem to figure out how to lose it. And, of course, he's so manic anyway. Yes. Um, and therefore couldn't really get himself into a, 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 a place or of discipline where he could lose the weight. And, he, you know, he enjoyed his uh, alcohol a little too much as well, which, which uh, is all part of the package, I guess. Um, but there you have it. Well, you know, I said to Fred, too, like, again, shocked, but not surprised because mm-hmm. for 30 years, every conversation I had, he was either sweating, wheezing, coughing, or all three at the same time. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, That's our Andrew. Listen, and what a voice. Holy cow, guys. Oh, like, I know. When he tried to get down there mm-hmm. with that voice of his. Andrew Crystal, Crystal Nation. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. I mean, did he have the he had a set of pipes that uh, I mean, if I had those pipes, I'd be working at CNN for goodness <laughs> sakes. Holy smokes. Um, listen, I was going to say, Steve, you know, I, I know we were again, our producer said Steve wants, you know, we Steve can talk about the election, but this is way more relatable to people. I'm happy to go wherever you guys want. This well, is great. I mean, it's very therapeutic it's not, it's for our, me, actually. There's not a lot to say other than it's uh, Ford's to lose, right? Would you not say that? Yeah, it's uh, sure. It's Ford's to lose. I think there, you know, there's two different kinds of elections. There's it's time for a change, or there's a steady as she goes. And so far, with admittedly still uh, eight days to go, this is a steady as she goes election. There doesn't seem to be a great cry in the land to uh, quote unquote throw the bums out. Um, but that doesn't mean that in the last eight days there can't be some surprises. And you guys have seen this too, I'm sure, over the years where the public doesn't really engage until the leaders' debate takes place. Well, okay, we just had the leaders' debate last week, and now people are engaging, and soon they will start to pay more attention to whatever the candidate is in their riding or the issue or the the part of the platform they care about, or they'll start to say, now, who the hell is this Del Duca guy anyway? And Mm -hmm. so that's all going to start to happen more in the next eight days. And, And as a result... I don't think we should be too terribly shocked if something unusual does happen. Uh, We did an interview on the agenda last night with um, a pollster by the name of Aaron Kelly, who's got this uh, artificial intelligence polling company called Advanced Symbolics. And she doesn't just do sort of telephone and online polling. She takes social media into account as well. And somehow 
she's been able to get like incredibly granular and detailed information as a result. And yesterday, and keep in mind, polls are a great indication of what people thought yesterday. They don't predict what people are going to do mm-hmm. in eight days' time. But yesterday, she had Doug Ford at 62 seats. Now, you need 63 for a majority. Oh. So it's close, right? Like, this could be mm-hmm. a very interesting finish. So let's let it unfold and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I know I, we were going to spend some time on the election, but I'm so happy we got a chance to spend some time talking about our friend, uh, and uh, just like that, we're going to have to let you go. I just looked over on our Facebook page just to make sure the stream is working. And the first comment about you is Steve is an Ontario treasure. How about that, yeah. Pakin? Mm-hmm. There you uh, go. Well, well, once again, my parents are putting nice notes in there. And I'm <laughs> oh. um, listen, what a pleasure catching up with you. And, and thanks for your thoughts on uh, Crystal. And uh, well, I, 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 I was corresponding yesterday with uh, one of the people that worked with Andrew, Greg Neely, I think is his name. And he gave me Michelle's information. And so let's, I hope we get a chance to see you in person at whatever memorial that they're going to have for Andrew. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, I I got a notice to say he said it was going to be something along, like sort of toward the end of June. There's going to be a small funeral and then something later in the summer. Amen. Bless you, boys. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you, Steve Pakin. You're a good man. You are a treasure on the Humble and Fred show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's Steve Pakin. Fred, of course, our gig sky guest of the day. Thank you, Steve. Just let yourself out. Yes, our gig sky guest of the day and a great one. That is true. I mean, Steve's been around for so long. He is. He's Mr. Ontario. Uh, not surprising. By the, by the way, not huh? surprising that he was a friend of Crystal's. Like, yes, yeah. Just to, I'm, I'm, again, no surprise that Crystal's also friends with Mansbridge. You know, you know exactly what you were saying. Your conversations with uh, John Moore. Can you imagine sitting down with Peter Mansbridge? How intimidating that would be to talk about the issues. It's like you'd, <laughs> right. you'd be thinking, man, like <laughs> who's this doofus? <laughs> Anyway, you deserve the peace of mind when you travel, so surf like a local with the tap of a button. That's Gig Sky. It offers a 100% data plan, maps, Uber, Instagram, WhatsApp, FaceTime, all that stuff. Gig Sky's got it for you. Need a hotel or under- rental car or looking for things to do while traveling? Gig Sky Rewards offers up to 50% cash back and over 850,000 hotels globally. Reduced rates on rental cars. You can book theme park adventure directly uh, with your Gig Sky account. It's all there. Go to gigsky.com slash travel rewards. Sign into your account for more information about this program. Download the Gig Sky app today. Enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Or visit gigsky.com. You know, I had a beautiful night's sleep last night because about, and this is true, I was watching the Ricky Gervais new special. It's called Super Nature. I'm a yeah. fan of Ricky Gervais. Uh, I'm a fan of his stand-up. I don't know if you've seen any of it. It's really, really good. And I was watching it last night, and at about 20 to 10, I thought, oh, I know what I can do. I can get in my massage chair from relaxacare.ca, and there's a setting, good night's sleep. Listen. You've you've taken a spin in the super pod, uh, and it's something else, man. Like 
Space Age. It is Space Age, and it's it really is. And again, I've wanted one of these for a long time. I went and bought the chair, and then we had a relationship. Honestly, it wasn't the other way around. I didn't get these guys as a sponsor. I got them as a sponsor because of my experience with them. One of the largest showrooms, a massage chair, and no other company in Toronto can offer as many of these on display, which means you can save money. The lowest price guaranteed and free shipping. Visit in person or online at relaxacare.ca. And uh, all the top brand names are there for wellness products, not just massage chairs, but saunas and workout material. Relaxacare.ca. Um, I know you're, uh, you've changed microphones, but when you're off that mic, it's almost like I, right. you really have to work it a different way because when you're on it, it's, the levels are fine. But uh, da, 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 da. I'm glad we did that. I, I honestly didn't want to have, to be honest, I didn't want to have a half an hour conversation about the Ontario election today. No, no. Well, there's not a lot to say. You know, other than, you know, maybe there'll be a surprise, but it's all trending towards Doug Ford. And I'm not surprised because, you know, from my perspective, the competition isn't isn't, isn't that solid. Yeah, uh, I was going to comment on the little bit of the leadership debate that I did see, and it's they all just seem so uninspiring to me and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I guess, one of those situations where you go, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll reelect these people. I, I don't really have anything. I don't have any reason not to. No. You know that uh, Stephen Del Duca guy, he still, you know, is very much attached to the um, Kathleen Wynne years, which is still sort of sour in Ontario. And Andrea Horvath, again, is the election approaches is actually dropping in the polls because she has a lot to say but nothing to say uh, as far as what she would do what she would create no real solutions again that's just my perspective so I can see Dougie just sort of you know this is a bit of a pandemic election too I think he came through that pretty good you know People expected him to be like an anti-vaxxer, an anti-this, an anti... But he wasn't. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this province, this jurisdiction, probably locked, a, locked down more than any other in North America. So, if anything, it was the other way. Yeah, he definitely... Almost to a fault. I was going to say that. You know, you think about last... Think about the uproar and the furor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> last... Uh, oh, remind me of a guy... There's a great... Uh, Ricky Gervais funeral joke I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember the furor last spring, and we were the most locked down jurisdiction in North America. And so, he, so all Doug Ford did was err on the side of caution. And anyway, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Other than to say, like, again, I, was not, I wasn't inspired by any of the leaders. So it's one of those things, you know, you sort of hold your nose and go, okay. You know, status quo, whatever. So, uh, Ricky Gervais is talking about how the area where he grew up, you know, it's sort of a rough and tumble, kind of like a, you know, just sort of a, mm-hmm. the point of his bit is we didn't hug. Men in my era didn't hug. And how we hugged one another was we used to make fun of each other. And he's told this story about his brother who, they were at a funeral, and one of their uncles 
This is when they were young men. One of their uncles, who they hadn't seen in a long time, the last time they saw him, he was 50, and now he was 75. (laughs) His brother (laughs) sees the uncle and just looks at him and goes, oh, fuck. Like, like, look what happened to you. And then he sort of he points at the uh, grave and goes, "Are you? 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 you pro-, he said something like, "You probably shouldn't even go home, or why? Why even bother going home? Just, just stay here." Just stay here. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was yeah. great. And he says that was our way of hugging. And his uncle just laughed at that and went, "It's nice to see you two boys again." Mm-hmm. But uh, I just thought that was great. Is why even bother going home was his line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know what year it was. I started hugging friends because we never did either. Mm. Like I never really hugged my dad or brother either. Um, hugged I, my I, sister. Yeah, same with me. I, I mean, yeah. I hugged my mom, mama. Mm-hmm. Yes, mama. But I um, yeah, I, I started hugging my father at the end, though. Mm-hmm. There's a story my mom always told, too. One night I was a teenager and going out and probably drinking and carousing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I must have had something on my mind, something that I was going to do that I shouldn't be doing. Because that happened from time to time. She said it was weird because I left the house and I would always give her a kiss and a hug goodbye and then say, OK, I'll see you later. But for some reason this night, I kissed my mom and then my dad was laying on the couch. I went over and hugged and kissed him. And I had never done that before. As soon as I walked out of the house, my dad said, I wonder what he's up. To. <laughs> you were trying to like pre don't don't forget yeah, to like, love yeah. you, Papa. That was odd. What's he up to tonight? And and that being said, that we never used to or didn't grow up in a culture of it. You know, you and I hug now. I hug Dan when I see him. All my, yeah. you know, all my. uh there's a lot of golf guys, you know, the tournament season started last weekend. I hadn't seen some of these people in a year. And, you know, we give the here's how you do. You do the handshake and then you bring it in kind of hug, you yeah, know, yeah, you bring it in. Yeah. I when Niblet gets here, I saw him on the golf course like a month ago or something. And I, was, I don't know, I was just trying to be goofy. And I went to give him a hug and I just like lingered there and hung on for a bit because he's like a big bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sent me a note later. He thought, well, that was odd. I go, no, I was I just was like hanging on to him like a child. Well, that was odd. <laughs> um, In a nice yeah. way. Yeah, my good long friends now, I always give them a hug when yeah. we're departing. Or- for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what nice. else? Mm. You know what else I do with good friends? I let them know that DraftKings Sportsbook is back on the Humble and Fred Show. One of America's top-rated sportsbooks has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops and so much more. All the information you need. Use special parlays and spreads and money lines and so much more. And now you can do it from anywhere in the province. Download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. Go to the app store now and download the Sportsbook app that is offering two to one odds on a hockey team to score a goal every day in May to get in on all the action. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600. Please play responsibly. 
Well, I'm going to tell you right now about the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. We've told about uh, we've told you about it for years. Thirty thousand Canadian businesses part of this. They've been around for forty years, top to bottom. Great coverage for small business. You can do it. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. You know, we're talking prescriptions and dental plans and uh, certain kinds of therapies. It's all there. Take the time today. Find out how you can do this for your employees. Chamberplan.ca. And now, ladies and gentlemen, making a... uh Another Wednesday appearance. The tradition continues. He is Tim Niblett, the retirement Sherpa. Tim.niblett at RaymondJames.ca. I don't know if you heard me talking about the hug that I gave you on the golf course. The one that- oh, I'll never forget that hug. <laughs> Absolutely. Fred, it was borderline uncomfortable. Another couple of seconds, and it would have been a little concerning. It was, uh, you were uncomfortable in your workplace. It, it was just one of those ones where I was like, uh, I was giving him a bro hug, and then I just said, you know, I just let it linger a second or two. <laughs> he was like, is he ever going to get off me? Uh, well, it was so much fun. Why stop the darn thing, right? Exactly. I felt, you know what You know what it was? I saw you. I was in a bit of an emotional state when I saw you, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to need a hug from my friend Tim. Um, how are things, my brother? You all right? Yeah, we're doing good. All good. Uh, just uh, looking forward to some warmer weather up here one of these days would be a nice thing. That's for yeah. sure. It's funny you say that. I left uh, St. Thomas, Ontario two days ago, and I was loading my car up like about 930 in the morning. And I said to myself the same thing. I'm like, there's still such a chill in the air. It's unusual. And again, I know we've talked about the weather all the time, but we're at the end of May. And I thought that exactly, Tim, like there's still a bit of a bite to the air, or is that also the fact that, you know, I'm 62, but some combination of that. It might be all the above there. You know, Saturday we're out at uh, Glencairn playing with the Hustlers, uh, teeing off on the last hole and joking about the incoming storm and, and feigning concern about the guys who were behind us. Well, we didn't even make it in. It, it hit like in a minute and a half and it was just... It was crazy. Trees were falling down. The The wind was coming in. There were the pellets and everything. I, I've never seen something come up so fast as that one. Really? Not even in your years in Saskatchewan? No, no. I don't remember much of the Saskatchewan years. No, but I think it's I a bit a of a blur. Uh, yeah. Only because that, that's typical in Saskatchewan where it will go from, you know, the, the, the day will be fine. And then all of a sudden there will be this... The storm that that rolls through the prairie, but uh, as you described it, it's like it's almost instantly hail and and uh, uh, pestilence. Um, let's talk about uh, what you want to talk about today, which is Russell Investments and and the Russell Investments calculation. How are we going to get into this? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, it's something a number of organizations do. Russell does it every year. They're a big international company. And they try to quantify the the value of having an advisor on your side. And probably right now with what's going on in the markets and in, in the world and and all are, are one of the times that we do add the most value. And, and, and that's what their kind of survey said, that our behavioral coaching is how we add the most uh, value to our clients. And you've got 3.85%. How does that how does that how, how do you read that number like you you're ahead by that much on average with having someone handle your affairs 
Right. That's the added value. I, I, I mean, we always pride ourselves on adding value and, and mm-hmm. our, our client retention would seem to indicate that, which we're super proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, but 3.85 sounds pretty high, Fred, even to me, frankly. I mean, the interesting mm-hmm. part is that the, the portfolio rebalancing is, is quantifiably, uh, quantifiably the, the mm-hmm. smallest uh, percentage, the, the 0.2%. Uh, mm-hmm. Tax smart planning, uh, 0.68%. I, I'd almost think that would be kind of more, right? Do you put it in the RSP? Do you put it in TFSA? If you have a corporation, should you get a holding company going? Mm-hmm. Uh, is life insurance something to uh, create wealth through and all that? So I, I kind of thought that was a little low, but that, I mean, that's still a sizable amount, 0.68 of, of your assets. But isn't the bottom line to all of this that, again, making the point using some, you know, the Russell investment uh, calculation. The point is that having an advisor versus not having an advisor really is the issue here. And not having an advisor, yeah, take a chance, you know, you sit there and try and wealth smart it to but you're you need somebody like the Sherpa to guide you through some of this, you know, volatility in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, lots of people uh, have certain levels of interest and knowledge and, and skill in, in that area for sure. Uh, but just one thing that they don't know about or, or they're not aware of or they don't have the perspective of or whatever. And, and Lord knows there's more than one thing for most of us. But, uh, you know, just one thing that can, can make a huge difference, right? The kind of corny old thing you would put your own filling in your teeth you wouldn't cut out your own kidney uh whatever i mean look at my golf swing i don't take lessons so <laughs> you know it's it's always good to have somebody yeah. on your, <laughs> yeah. your side that knows what they're doing <laughs> you, well, can, you yeah. could benefit from a golf advisor for sure you could <laughs> uh next monday with lambo we're all we're right on buddy but just the ability to pick up the phone and say what do you think is huge like to be your own island is a bit scary i'd say yeah I, I think we're just more accountable when there's somebody else involved, right? Whether uh, it, it's lifestyle, whether it's exercising, uh, any number of things, money's certainly no different, right? I, I know that sometimes people almost feel compelled to uh, maybe not take money out for just short-term needs or whatever, or, or feel compelled to put money away on a regular basis because they know it's the right thing to do, and, and they don't want to kind of disappoint me or, or or whatever the the framing of it is right so yeah for sure when when we've got somebody that we truly feel is like a a team member of ours in creating wealth i think we have better behavior ourselves as a result well said well said um and as we've said for uh, now a few years if you're uh if you're not getting advice from this guy why even bother uh tim.nivlet at raymondjames.ca I'm sure we'll see you today at Ladies' Day for our big uh, annual, our weekly uh, visit. I'm playing some golf. Absolutely. Sherpa is sponsoring today because he wanted to bring a buddy along, and that's the only way I could get one there. So I uh, got an awesome group. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to that Ricky Gervais uh, special. I, I saw that last night and wasn't sure it's new. So yep, brand uh, new. now that I know, I'll, I'll go look. And I just love it. it. Well, he's funny, but just the art of how he does things yeah. is amazing. I, I will say, uh, you know, I know you're a stand-up fan like myself, and it's I his first special was r- sort of 
I would say funnier, but you'll love the craft. He's very funny. He's very smart. He breaks down religion better than almost anyone. Him and Mar are very similar that way. But there's another thing I saw last night. It's something also new, and I was going to mention this to Freddie. It's called The Hall, and I guess they've set up a Hall of Fame and for the Comedians Hall of Fame, and the first four inductees are Carlin, Joan Rivers, uh, Richard Pryor, and Robin Williams, and I'll tell you what, it was all great, but John Stewart inducts George Carlin, and they all make a speech. John Mulaney did uh, Robin Williams, and uh, but John Stewart's speech before George Carlin's clips is worth it. It's 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 the mm. best thing in the whole hour. He's so funny and but he's so articulate, mm-hmm. and the way he talks about Carlin and the groundbreaking transition, blah blah blah. But it's. It's his speech for about five or six minutes that really caught my attention. I was like, wow, this guy is so good at this. Love Carlin, love Stewart. Got to watch it. All right, my friend, uh, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. As always, uh, good spending time with you and hope to see you for just a brief hug, maybe a mini hug when I see you this afternoon. We'll get a little leg timer going or something like that. Just for <laughs> That's right. You just go, Howard, that's enough. You know, I'm so emotionally distraught. You're like pat, patting me on the head like a baby. All right, Tim, give us your sign off. A pleasure as always, gentlemen. Enjoy and profit all. All right. There he is, the retirement Sherpa. Thank you, my friend. All right. We're going to wrap up the show with Dan Duran here in a second. And uh, thanks to everyone, I, I wanted to say that reached out to Freddie and I. You asked me at the beginning of the show what were my takeaways from yesterday. And, and again, I said, you know, it, it was nice that there are still some people in the radio industry that are aware that we're doing this. And as I said to John Moore, I said, you know, because he commended us on how we handled it. And I said, well, you know, we were the right guys with the right perspective. And most of all, the right autonomy. You know, you know, we don't answer to anyone other than each other. And, of course, Dan. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're uh, again, as always, your microphone is the most, uh, to me, I, at least, is the loudest of the three of us. But Freddie's mic, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Well, it's uh, on my little iPhone that I was monitoring the uh, the show, listening to the show. It, it sounded okay from that, okay. From that kind of well, small phone. Well, may, maybe we can work towards because ever since he changed, now he just comes. He shows up lower in when he's talking to me, and then you're, of course, you come on, and your microphone is much well, louder. But again, it's not. Again, it's just what I'm hearing when I when I produce the show. After it doesn't seem as obvious to me. Okay. No, it's not at all, because I've listened to that for that reason, and it sounds very consistent yep. to me. No, no, and again, it could just be the way it's coming through on this little board, but uh, let's address it another time. Dan Duran, let's get right to Dan Duran's news, which we missed yesterday. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. 
Mandarin, the anchorman comes, decides for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his phone, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Dandoran's news brought to you by HealthGage. HealthGage.com is where you go for 15% off at checkout. Get the Humble and Fred uh, discount. Humble Fred HG gets you 15% off the Phoenix watch if you haven't got one by now. Are you even, are you even, how do you even know you're alive if you're not monitoring? (laughs) What tells you you're alive if you're not monitoring your vital signs like me and Fred 24-7? Humble Fred HG, 15% off at healthgauge.com. And now, with his look at the news, here's Don DeRue. Can't, uh, there's no place you can look and not know about the big uh, school shooting that happened in the States yesterday. The 27th school shooting, 27th school shooting in the U.S. this year. And here we go again. There are at least 21 people who died. Uh, by a 19-year-old in Texas, and there's already the standard responses in play, thoughts and prayers, bit of a moment of, uh, you know, no talking about it, and, and then back to the normal defensive guns and the right to have them. And the weirdness continues. For example, Trump, Cruz, and Abbott, the Texas governor, are still going to speak at the NRA uh, AGM in Houston. They have the annual general meeting, so that's coming up. And then there's, you know, a lot of the despicable squad is saying stupid stuff, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, who said this, Our nation needs to take a serious look at the state of mental health today. And then mm-hmm. this, this is where it gets stupid. Sometimes meds can be the problem. America is failing our youngest generations from decades of rejecting good moral values and Mm. teachings. We don't need more gun control. We need to return to God. Yeah, that's a real person. Yeah, that's a real person (laughs) saying things out loud in 2022. And that person's an elected official. Yeah, there's no hope. No. I mean, this is just another one along the way. And... Everybody will take their side and dig in. Nothing's going to change. It's the same old, same old. And, you know, Biden apparently made a speech last night about this, and he'll be mocked by one thing. I think on Fox News, they're really thrilled, though, because uh, the the kid, the 18-year-old, who uh, was shooter. Killed, shot shooter, killed his grandmother, and then went and shot up 18 or 19 kids. His name was Salvador Ramos, so they'll be thrilled with that. Oh, because he's uh, oh, yeah, Hispanic. Can, yeah, yeah. Hispanic. You know? Yeah, of course. How did he get here? Did he? Right. Border yeah. wall, Hispanics, brown oh, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's so hopeless because... Uh, that person you read, Marjorie Taylor Greene, her solution was getting back to God, you know, you know, that made up thing. Uh, only only in America where you could a bunch of kids get shot and your response isn't to like maybe, you know, there's been a bill. I, I told you before the show, the, the basketball coach who would just at a at a press conference for the in the NBA yesterday said, you know, before we talk about I don't want to talk about basketball. He says, I want to talk about this. And he went on for two and a half minutes about how broken the system is. And he said, I call out those 50 Republican senators that have been sitting on a bill for two years now on background checks. 
They can't even, they're so wound up in this God, guns, and country. They can't even do the simplest thing and say, maybe we should background check people to get guns. We're not even saying take away guns, which would be the solution. Mm -hmm. We're saying just background check some of these people. And even that, I find that part the most fascinating. Like, just sign your name to something. It just seems so, uh, as you said, so broken. It's just, it's just way too political. You know, the people that go and vote for them love their guns. What are they going to do? They're not going to. It's just, again, they're in a situation of they can't get out of. It, it and really it's also, is pathetic. It's also kind of interesting. I mean, uh, there is a problem that's above the gun thing. Like, because Canada has a lot of guns, and we have really low, you know, violence rates compared to... Uh, the, the U.S. is, like, way up there in the world, like, probably number one in the yeah, world. number one. Problems. But it's also, it's, it's also their attitude toward all of this stuff. It's something to do in their psyche as well. So, yeah. like, it, getting rid of the guns is one aspect of it, but it's also some other thing that's going on in the uh, the general social whatever that, that it, I don't know, it seems acceptable to shoot people down there where, you know, it's not so much everywhere else in the friggin' world. You know, I, and again, I don't know the details, and again, as you just pointed out, it's a Hispanic, so they're going to have a field day with that, but when I see those pictures of American citizens, you know, you've seen them all like at a Starbucks or at a Walmart or something with a, an AK-47 strapped on and, or a, a gun. It seems like you're, it's so, and again, I've lived there, Dan's lived there, we've all visited. It just seems so out of touch with the rest of the, of, uh, oh, certainly our, our society. Like, I don't know if I walked into that Starbucks down the street and there's somebody had a gun strapped on, I'd walk out the door. Mm-hmm. I'm intimidated by it. I would be intimidated by seeing something like that. Well, it's nice to know that here that would be illegal. Uh, you know, I, I can't, so much of this, too, guys, is copycat. This is what scares me. Yeah. You know, this kid on the heels of what happened in Buffalo and everything. And, and I'm so concerned about that kind of stuff coming here. Like, the copycat stuff because we're seeing more copycat in Canada based on political views and racism and those things and will this just be another one that's what concerns me yeah I hope you're wrong I hope you're wrong I, but I suspect that we're not long although mm-hmm. uh, there is that thing in our society where you're you know yeah we have guns they're just first of all it's illegal to open carry and uh it really isn't part of our general uh, culture. Even growing up out west, you know, the only time I ever saw a gun was, you know, right. a buddy's dad who had a rifle for shooting. Um, Listen, I have a gun right here. I'm looking at it. it just, it's across the rec room here. But, you know, Nerf, nerf bullets aren't going to hurt anyone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if, if Dan's, got a, Dan's got a gun, but he doesn't, okay. it doesn't open carry. It, just, oh. it stays in his holster until it's unleashed. Uh, Dan, let's just... Uh, Let's have that be the end of our news segment because I got to wrap up the show. I have another show to record. And uh, before we get to Toronto, Mike, uh, regular uh, visit, Freddie, do you have something left? Well, just remember, I was going to, you know, something that didn't time well or age well. Okay, well, let's get to that in a second. Is there any more sponsorship, though? 
No, I'm good. Oh, you're good. We're okay. Good. I'm good. I have good. one more. All right. Uh, then before we get to uh, the fabulous producer, and then we can, yeah, that thing, I've, I've looked at that. It didn't age well at all. Funny. Uh, but before we get to that, have a listen to this Cursing important message. again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, a weekly uh, visit with Toronto Mike from the Toronto Mike podcast and the producer of the Humble and Fred show uh, will now be on Wednesdays because we now do Thursdays until after Labor Day. Uh, but before we get to Mike, there, yeah, so we, uh, we've said this a million times on the show. We, were, we worked for this guy. You worked directly for him as a program director. Did you know you were a program director? And he was never a big fan of ours. He didn't like us, and that's fine. But he did like uh, the great John Derringer, the Hall of Fame John Derringer, the disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. And now you pick up the thread. Well, uh, this was sent to me by a chorus employee. Again, I won't name him because, you know, I guess those people feel vulnerable, especially maybe if you're a guy, a woman, maybe not right now. But he just sent this to me. Um and this was a series back in 2018. Welcome to JJ365 Salutes. Over 2018, we pay tribute daily to one of the good ones. Today, we are shining the light on the legendary John Derringer. You know, I've been thinking about this, uh, this one for some time, and JD was on my list from the get-go. I can't think of many people I am more proud of. We have worked together a few times, right off the top at CFTR, and when I was the VP GM of Chorus Radio Toronto. <laughs> Get that? Anyway. Oh, wait, uh, go back I, to the... Do me one favor before you go on. Go back to the part about how fucking proud he is. How I can't proud. think of many people I am more proud of. And remember, this is 2018, after a lot of things that happened and... Oh, we're yeah. known in the halls. Yes, sir. And offices. Okay. I mean, honestly, I mean, we, you pound away at John Derringer. The enablers have to be identified or considered. Uh, I knew from the minute I met this gangly lad back then that he had a huge depth of talent and would be an industry trendsetter someday. Well, he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I have to say to that. And it was so funny when he was doing that. JJ365. You and I knew we were not going to. I actually said that to you at the time on the podcast. And I said, think about this. There are 365 people he likes better than us in this business. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, you know, and we knew he didn't like us, but but we didn't realize that there was 365 people ahead of us on the depth chart. And all I have to say to that is. Hey, man, just want to let you know that sometimes you got to shut the fuck up up. and this current time is just one of those times you gotta shut the fuck up i don't think you're a bad person i just don't want to hear you talking anymore um but the good ones oh yeah considering the feedback we've had from the people at chorus over the past uh couple of days now about our studio being the safe haven yeah and the role we played I don't want to be one of those good. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to be on that depth chart. 
want to be. That's a club I don't want to be. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, you're so proud. So proud. And you knew. How difficult was it for JJ to do 365 stories and not do one about Humble and Fred? Like, that sounds like a lot of work to work around. <laughs> well, when, I just wonder when he got down to 345 or 50, he's like, oh, fuck, I hate those guys, but I got maybe I'll just throw them, <laughs> I'll just throw them in there. Like, right. Bingo Bob was one. I read the Bingo Bob one. Like, there was, everyone you've heard of wasn't. was on this list except oh, yeah. for Humble and Fred. And then that other tit that we worked for briefly that we've had, you know, the one that... Uh, the one that talked like this. The one who uh, I remember, and this is very vivid, but one of the first few meetings, and it became part of his thing. The first few meetings we had with him after our morning show was like, okay, fellas, how is the broadcast today? Yeah. And I was just thinking about this yesterday because he's all big podcast consultant. I said to Fred after the show, I said, well, I know that guy would have hated the show because it was only one subject for the entire program. And you didn't get to the point right away. Yeah, that's right. You have to get to the point. Uh, any fucking way. Um... That, All that's right. the guy, that, uh, just one more story. That was the guy when he was a general manager. I knew another general manager quite closely, a good buddy of mine. And he said whenever there was a big meeting of all the general managers, they always used to sit back and just wait because he, at some point during, would stand up and do this soliloquy where he had like read a psychology book and then inserted radio words. And, oh, yeah. Wow. You know, and, and make a, this big, profound speech. And all the guys at the table would be shaking their heads. <laughs> and, but you know what? The guys above them bought it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, you know, Bullshit again. Bullshit baffles brains, Fred. Yes, it does. Um, it does. I read, uh, you know, we read quite a bit of feedback and, you know, we couldn't get to all of it. But uh, inside the humble and Fred, you know, world, we can all tell you that, you know, yesterday's show was definitely not only the most viewed podcast on on Facebook, but, you know, I can tell you the early numbers I saw after 24 hours, it was pretty impressive. And I'm not saying impressive on our part, just impressive that there was that much interest in the subject matter and the people that weighed in on it was yeah. pretty oh, interesting. You know? I, as you know, I monitor this stuff pretty closely, but uh, so much so much buzz and, and comments about your episode and links to your episode and you mentioned Jen Valentine retweeted it I saw a message from Aaron Davis it sounds like she's considering like returning her Hall of Fame membership if they don't rescind John Derringer's like she does oh, not want to be the member of a club yep. that would have him as a member not surprised not surprised you know she told a story I, mm -hmm. I went and it's funny you brought up Aaron I went and looked Somehow I saw something this morning doing some prep, and I went and watched her vlog. She does a video log every day, and she told a story of Mike Cooper. Hmm. Uh, you know, Derringer was being Derringer, and Cooper basically took him aside and said, you know what, leave fucking Aaron alone, you know. Uh, but that's a little bit, I mean, I'm not saying Derringer ever abused Aaron, obviously, but just, you know, the, listen, there's a difference between the silly shit that we used to say on our show and the horrible stuff that he said about her was a little bit different. Not the saying that we were angels. I certainly wasn't. Some of the things we said in our program about different women in the broadcast industry, you know, probably wouldn't hold up very well today. Mm -hmm. But 
on a different note, if I may change the tone, uh, kudos to you because even though this was a short, as short a week as it gets in Humble and Fredland, like this is a two episode week, but really maybe your best week of broadcasting since you started your podcast. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, well I as, know, as a guy who's listened since day one, that's my my opinion. Well, I appreciate opinion. that. Um, I mean, because yesterday, not only was it the the real talk with uh, Jackie and talking about John Derringer, but then remember, tears were shed. You lost a friend suddenly on the weekend that you were chatting with just like an hour before or something, and just the one two punch of the two subjects on the same show. And, and I will say this, uh, serendipitous, because this was all planned before the weekend, but you had two guests extremely relevant to the two radio stories that broke on the weekend. Yeah. You had Jackie Delaney lined up for, to discuss this on Tuesday, and she was uh, abused by John Derringer, allegedly. And then you had Steve Pakin, who was a very good friend of Andrew Crystal's from U of T. No, you're right. I mean, I, it was definitely great, and we're happy to have been the, able to sort of have that conversation. And I'm glad, by the way, I said this to Freddie, I'm so glad that that's where the conversation with Pakin went. And you could hear it in his voice. I think he was genuinely pleased to have a chance to air out some of the stuff about his friend, Andrew Crystal. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, 63 years old, and you're a vibrant and chatting one minute, and literally... You're, you're being told that your friend has passed away the next. Yeah. Could happen to any of us. But Jackie one day, Steve the next. That, my friends, is double shot power. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's right. Spider Jones. Spider Jones. Nothing shaken but the bacon. I like that guy. I do. Oh, love, we, love, we fucking love Spider Man. But do you know it's double shock? CK, not double shock. Oh, was it shock. double shock power? Yeah, not, right. to, not in our King world. Thing. It wasn't. It was always double shot power. <laughs> well, it's a Don King thing, but yeah, double uh, shot power. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyhow, again, I, I th- I'm i not sure if I mentioned Jim Richards had sent a note to uh, me uh, mm. passing on my good wishes or his good wishes You know wishes what he's to up us. to? Like, nobody knows his oh, status yeah. at 1010. I don't Is he know. not back on the air at night? Oh, no. They don't mention him. So it's he, as if he's gone, but they didn't say he's gone. What, no, is he not on the air at all? No, not at all. Not since, um, not since they brought in the new afternoon drive show, the the new rush with uh, Scotty Mack and Reshmi Nair. So he's been off the air since then. He was on vacation that week. He never came back. Mike, one other thing too, I saw, and I don't know her name off the top. I think she had worked with Stafford for a while. Uh, Supriya Duvetti. Right. I saw some of her stuff. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. And you know, uh, she left there with a bad taste in her mouth and. She's, well, she anybody got, that wants to pretend they didn't know what was going on with Jennifer at Chorus is just full of shit. She said right. because everybody was talking about it. Of everybody. course. Um, yeah. And Mikey, uh, I reached out to her, uh, Maureen, and I don't want to step on your toes because I know you've got some stuff lined up with her. But I reached out personally and I said, hey, well, actually, she sent a note to me first. And I responded. I said, Maureen, I know you're getting your show ready. And... Uh, I don't have your email, so I, I said, you know, let's. If you'd like to come on the show when you're getting ready to promote your show, we'd love to have you. So, when you're doing the bookings, I know she's open to coming on here as well. Well, no, that was that was in the works anyway. Yeah, that was happening anyway. They're just they're just not doing press until mid June for some reason. And fantastic, but I I just thought I'd say that she oh, seems. No, no, yeah, no, Maureen's coming on, but she comes on with Wendy Mesley, so it's a it's a double shock power. Double shock power. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's it then. Uh, we're off tomorrow. We're back next week. We'll be doing. Uh, was that a three banger next week? I think. 
Yeah, yeah. let me just run down quickly here. We have on uh, Monday, we're back with, uh, okay, Fred, here's a name from your past who uh, is coming on. Mike Hannafin. Really? Mike Hannafin's in... He's in the province. Like, he's going to be in this... I think he lives out west. He's going to be in the province, and he's going to be jumping on it uh, Monday to catch up with you, Mike Hannafin. And then Tuesday, I think we need him right now. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Ben Mergy. Mm-hmm. Coming on. Ooh. Let the healing and begin. His, his perspective on this. Yeah, I can't wait. Bad. Yeah. No, for sure. And speaking of funny, because that's what we're talking about on Humble and Fred, uh, Jeremy Hotz returns to the show. Hotz. Love that kid. I just did his podcast a couple weeks ago. In fact, I'm going to be uh, doing, uh, I don't know how many minutes I'll do, probably 10 or 15 uh, in the fall when Jeremy Hotz's tour comes back to Toronto. I'll be uh, part of the opening group of comics on his Richmond Hill show at a soft seat theater. I can't wait. And maybe we can give away some tickets. You know who I talked about that with yesterday? Our friend Anthony Petrucci from uh, Palm Pasta. I love Palma pasta. I man. know you do. Mm, Easy now. Look it to my mm. veins. So good. Uh, I had he's a, a good guy. He's, he's a, a good great guy. guy. And uh, Anthony, and I were, Anthony reached out to me to talk about the Derringer show, but then I mentioned to him that, you know, he. I took, actually, Anthony and I and Anthony's wife went out for dinner, and then we went to see Hots at Massey Hall because he's a Hots fan. And we went backstage, and I told Anthony that when I was on with Jeremy a couple weeks ago, I told, I reminded him that he's such a big shot now that people actually, I want, you know, trying to pimp me to see if they can meet Jeremy. And I told Anthony, I said, listen, man, when I'm doing this show in November, you and I are going to go hang. We're going to come with me. You'll watch me do a few minutes, and we'll go back and hang with Hots. And you know, he was all excited, so that'll be nice. Well, you know, Anthony's favorite movie of all time is Speed 2. <laughs> is it really? No, not really. That's funny. I was going to say, I think, really? Because Jeremy's in that. Uh, well, and you guys watch Sopranos, right? So a quick fun fact about Anthony. Uh, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony, his wife's name is Carmela. So it's Tony and Carmela. Carmela. <laughs> is that great? Well, my wife's name is Wilma. Hmm. Wow, that's also a fun fact. <laughs> Dan, what's your wife's name? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Yeah, listen, I've got so many. I can. Which one do you want? Uh, all right, everyone, stay safe and well. Have a oh, great. Oh, by the way, oh, by the shit, way, hang on, Dandaran. We got We got to celebrate a ten year anniversary here. Uh, Harlem Shake turned ten years old on May twenty second. You know that, that song where everybody's doing the dancing. We got to celebrate that. Okay. <laughs> Harlem Shake. I'll have to explain it to Humble and Fred after the recording. What the hell were you talking? I know what you're talking about, Dan. I know, I can tell. They have no idea. Howard frozen up. Even though it was, it was literally everywhere, but they missed it, I bet. Well, uh, Spotify it, Howie. Uh, reminisce. Uh, okay. Revisit. I was really trying to shut this thing down. Harlem Shake. Yeah. Okay. I know Harlem. Uh, Bauer. I think Bauer is yes. Yes. Bauer. Yeah, yeah. But you have to have the video because at that point in the song, everybody kind of, you know, does their thing. It's like a uh, video track. Yeah. Sounds like a video game. Is it 10 years? Is it 10 years already? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for bringing that to our attention as we're trying to wind down this epic (laughs) epic show. Uh, All right. Stay safe and well, everyone. We'll see you on uh, Monday. Hopefully, you know, never know. 
You never know when. Never know. We could. Yep. Because what if both of us dies? Then that would be double death power. Mm. If you both die, I want to tell the listeners: Dan and I will be here Monday morning on this live stream. That's right. One thing I do know: we can't be fired. That's true. Uh, All right, everyone, take care. Here's Dan to say goodbye. Bye. This episode of Hummel and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Healthgate, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and our newest returning sponsor, DraftKings. For Hummel and Fred, the 166th Good Ones, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, embrace every goddamn day. Like and subscribe. Tables and a microphone. Bottles and cans. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that?